You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for week number three of our random rewatch tribute to Jonathan Taylor Thomas, the 90s child slash teen icon, uh, evolved into a sporadic guest appearance, 20 something that we covered last week in Smallville. And now we are at um, his return to the spotlight, uh, his kind of brief return to the spotlight, his mysterious absence and um, uh, return to Tim Allen, guest spot. We're on Last Man Standing, Season 3, Episode 4, Ryan versus John Baker. Uh, and this is, I think, honestly, the only acting role he's had since he kind of you know, dropped off the face of the planet, you know, maybe two or mid 2000s. So we waited, I don't know, close to a decade for Jonathan Taylor Thomas to come back. And it's spectacular. Jonathan Taylor Thomas in his 30s now, returning sort of to acting, kind of a backdoor way to get into directing. Uh, but he's back with Tim Allen, and there's some great in jokes. And this is a show I've wanted to cover for a long time. So I'm very excited about this. Uh, my name is Colin, and I barely ate a whole lasagna last night. And uh, my name is Rossi, and I don't know why, but it feels right calling you son. (laughs) There's our (laughs) in-joke. I think we've talked about this before, but you'd never seen Last Man Standing before, at least probably not a whole episode, right? Yeah, it's one of those things that, like, I've seen clips of, not remembering what the clips really were. Like, if you were like, what clips did you see? I couldn't tell you. But I just remember, like, I've seen, you know, essentially, like, Home Improvement 2.0, essentially is what the show is so i've known a little bit about it like definitely know more about this than i do with smallville (laughs) um going in (laughs) but my knowledge is still not that great but this seems pretty standard to kind of jump in at any episode and you kind of get what's going on you may not know who everyone is or what their relationship is but you get it yeah and, and this is season three i think where the show like really started to take off um i mean I was so excited when I heard that Tim Allen was coming back to TV because Home Improvement was my childhood favorite show. Uh, it's still to this day, I think when we did our TV rankings, it ranked number two uh, of all time for me um, and probably could have been shared as number one. And I followed Tim Allen, obviously, through all the movies he did, you know, not just like Toy Story, but like Galaxy Quest and uh, everything else he did. And just ha- having him come back to TV, it was like the most exciting thing that had happened at least for me in tv in a long time especially when i heard the plot which was essentially home improvement reversed so instead of you know you having this ultra you know masculine guy uh in a household full of boys with all sons you have this ultra masculine guy in a household full of girls which is a completely original plot even though it is just playing on home improvement you, you just imagine what it would be like and funny enough it's actually much closer to tim allen himself i mean tim allen based home improvement on his experiences growing up because he had something like five or six brothers and you know his father had died so it was just his mom raising all of them so that whole idea about a house full of boys and then the one mother who's the odd woman out and uh, but tim allen himself you know he had i think one I, he may have two daughters now but he himself has had daughters and Last Man Standing was kind of a fun way for him to play on that. And be like, what would it be like to be a guy like Tim Allen in a house like this? Now, obviously, there's some changes with his character. He's not the tool man. He's not a TV show host. But they keep so many things of home improvement in place here with, like, different types of characters. 
you have the coworker who is just the butt of his jokes all the time, who we actually don't get to see in this episode. That's one of the rare episodes that uh, Kyle, who eventually will become one of his son-in-laws, doesn't have in the show. You have the older mentor character who's his boss. Uh, and they even work kind of the TV idea in there, which I don't even know if you picked up on that. There's a scene in this episode where he's doing a vlog, and that's kind of the premise of the series, uh, is that he was this guy who would kind of tour around for this this massive, you know, um, I don't know what we would call it, like an outdoors-type store, you know, hunting, camping-type store, and he would shoot all their catalogs and everything, and he was always on the road. He decides he's going to come home, uh, and s- not so much be at the stay-at-home dad, but, you know, kind of be there to help raise his girls who are teenagers at this point. And he hits on something where he just records this rant, you know, on YouTube or whatever. And it gets so many hits of like, well, let's make this a weekly feature. So almost every single Last Man Standing episode features that, you know, Mike Baxter vlog where he's essentially just doing tool time. Uh, the other way that the show really, uh, I think, did something different. And this is what the show got more credit for later on is, I think the first season, maybe in the first two seasons, were more or less just home improvement reverse, whereas they hit on something in uh, around season two going to season three where they just made him this obnoxiously ultra-conservative guy. And he was like a Bush supporter or then Trump supporter later on. And his son-in-law, who's kind of the focal point of this episode, gets reintroduced in season two, uh, who is the exact opposite of him, who is the ultra uh, liberal who hates everything you know um, that Mike stands for, and Mike hates everything he stands for, and they almost put an all in the family spin on it. Um, I don't know how much of that you picked up on, or did were you even aware of that that sort of becoming the main focal point of the show from I guess season two and three on? I knew that a lot of this show reflected more of Tim Allen's personal stances and life and things like that. So I knew that this was more of a character bred out of his reality than it, I would say Tool Time, or not Tool Time, Home Improvement yeah. was. Uh, and I could pick up on a little bit of it. Like, I think that I recognize that Tim Allen's character is essentially the same person, just a little bit... Um, Turned up? I guess. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, fine-tuned. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the Home Improvement guy is the like just a, a cliche almost mm-hmm. where I feel like this is a little bit more like uh, level and layered and there's more to the character. Like in that vlog, there was a little bit more than just like macho guy, like mm-hmm. conservative, like there was a little bit more to it. And I think that was interesting. And then the one comment in the episode that really like kind of, I would guess would be the lead to figuring this out was like when he said something that like was, um, that like Ryan was a vegetarian Mm -hmm. and so like that would be like okay I see where the difference is of these characters it it really was like uh, I guess updating All in the Family I don't know if you're really familiar with the show All in the Family from like the 60s and 70s which again was sort of playing on we're going to have one guy who's an extreme on one side and another guy the son-in-law who's the extreme on the other side Uh, but I think where Last Man Standing really developed a positive reputation was for kind of being fair and saying, you know, th- there's somewhere in the middle. And both of these characters, you know, Mike and Ryan, uh, are extremes, and they both have their moments where it's like, well, this guy, he's kind of right on this, but not 100% right. And this episode's a perfect reflection on that. Um, overall, I think, though, that, that that has, it's definitely taken over the show, but they've maintained a lot of that, 
you know, what is it like being the one guy in the house full of women, which is really interesting. I, I remember, you know, um, Home Improvement, obviously, as I said, was like a childhood favorite show of mine. And um, I, I remember a period, though, where uh, I have a brother and I have a sister and then we you know, had our mom. My dad died when um, I was eight. So for the most part, it was even, you know, two guys, two girls. Uh, but my brother went uh, to go visit a friend out of town for like a month. It was supposed to be for like a week, and he ended up staying for a month. And during that month, there was <laughs> it, it, it was kind of like, okay, there's a feminine overload here, and <laughs> I, I'm really in need of stuff. And I started like doubling down on home improvement, and I was doing a lot of grunting around the house and things that I had like no interest in, like tools. Still to this day, I barely own any tools. I'm like, oh, I, uh, I, I need to like screw something here. I need to like hammer something. You know? uh, so I kind of lived through that for a short period too. Um, Jamie and I kind of have a home improvement. That's the one thing that gets me really excited is Jamie and I have the home improvement house now, which we'll get into next week with uh, you know three boys and uh, just Jamie on the outside. But um, yeah, the show, it, the funny thing about it is that you would think that because, you know, obviously Tim Allen's the main character and he is very much extreme, uh, you know, conservative, that people would hate that or it would rub them the wrong way. And yet it's the exact opposite reaction. Like, I find that this show for at least the first two seasons, people were like, well, it's okay. It's kind of, you know, uh, a little bit uh, typical. It's nothing really fresh or original. It wasn't very respected. And then by the third season here, everybody just started to get, you know, it's it's a very smart show. And, and politically, it's a very fair show where they show both sides. And there's some great stuff in this episode I'm excited to talk about with that for. But I guess the main reason we're doing this is Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Um, now, were you even aware when he sort of popped back up in this episode that he had sort of stepped out of uh, <laughs> uh, the shadows or stepped out of um, whatever pit he'd fallen into, you know, a decade earlier? I don't remember... Like, what was the kind of disappearing act for JTT? Like, I remember that there was at one point, like, you know, JTT, biggest star at one time. Like, everyone couldn't stop talking about him. He was everything. He was everywhere. And then he disappeared. Or did Yeah, disappeared. He, like, took himself out of it, went to school, did, did his thing. And I remember, like, either it was in the news or, like, a news article or someone on Facebook or something, I saw that he had kind of come back to do like this show um for episodes or one episode or a couple episodes or whatever and I just remember thinking oh wow like that's kind of crazy to think that he had come back after who knows how long of disappearing so I thought it was fun and like obviously I realized oh it was on Tim Allen's new show which is funny like the connection from Home Improvement to this I thought that was just some fun like coincidences and then I realized obviously it was probably a little bit more planned than that Mm -hmm. but I mean still happy to see him on our screens uh however old he may be (laughs) well here's the really crazy thing I mean this episode aired I think almost five years ago now uh so you know he's only done a a couple of guest appearances I think he did four episodes of Last Man Standing over the course of like three seasons uh so it's not like he became a major thing on the show but the story of how he got involved in that is actually really interesting. But what Jamie found the other day was on the day of Jonathan Taylor Thomas's birthday, she found some post where somebody said, JTT is 38 years old today, which is the exact same age Tim Allen was when he started Home Improvement, which just blew my mind <laughs> that now Randy, you know, the, the middle son from Home Improvement, is the same age as Tim Allen was when he started the show. Uh, but, you know, 
it, it is interesting with John Taylor Thomas because he doesn't really make a lot of things public. And there was a lot of speculation at the time when he walked away from home improvement during the final season. Uh, it, sort of as they entered that last season, he had announced he was only going to do a couple of episodes. And I think it was the first three episodes of the final season that he appeared in. And then they wrote him out. He came back for a Christmas episode and they made a big deal about the fact that he didn't come back for the finale. Uh, where you know there was a lot of rumors that like oh you know he didn't get along with Tim Allen like exactly what you'd always expect for you know situations like that and really what it came down to is he said you know he was in his last year of high school he wanted to focus on his school so that because he knew he was going to university you know the next year he wasn't going to be continuing acting he wanted to focus on his education but he actually took that last year off from home improvement just so that he could really focus on his last year of high school you know, for educational purposes. And then from that point on, as he's in university for the next couple of years, he pops up and makes a couple of, you know, sporadic guest spots like on Smallville and stuff like that, but then disappears. And I always wonder, I'm like, you know, whatever happened with that? I mean, what I thought maybe he, he went to university and became a doctor or something. And if you do a little bit of research, you realize that it, it, 2010 is when he finished his education. So he basically spent 10 years, maybe on and off, but spent 10 years getting his education or whatever it is he was focusing on uh around 2011 or so you know when tim allen's doing last man standing again uh jonathan taylor thomas just gives him a call and says hey i'd like to come down to the set to kind of check things out and tim allen when he's there realizes that jonathan taylor thomas has spent 10 years you know studying who who knows what but eventually decided he really wants to get into filmmaking he wants to to write he wants to direct he wants to produce but he has no experience because he's been gone for 10 years. And Tim Allen says, why don't you just hang out at our set? And he, it's not even an official thing where he says, we'll bring you on as like an intern or something. He just says, you know what? Like, it's my show. I'll tell the, the guys here that you're, you know, here to kind of just observe them and just spend a couple of weeks, you know, just hanging around the set, talking to directors, seeing how they do things and kind of learn that way. And... That sort of is what got Jonathan Taylor Thomas involved in the show. It wasn't so much, oh, I want to come back and make a guest appearance. Tim Allen just sort of invited him as a friend and said, you know what, you can learn a lot by hanging out here. And after he had been hanging out for a while, they're like, you know, why don't we write you a guest spot or whatever, which led to an episode in season two, which kind of leads into this. He had a, um, a I guess, less important episode where uh, the the oldest daughter, uh, Kristen, you know, who had just been working, you know, at some dingy restaurant as a waitress uh, had an old co-worker for his come and say I started a new restaurant I want you to come on a manage and that sort of leads into this which is, became a more major story point of uh, season three um, I guess there's a little bit of background which you probably wouldn't pick up on from here the actress you see is Kristen is not the original actress in season one they had a completely different actress playing that role and the character was originally younger the idea with Kristen is that you know the oldest daughter had gotten pregnant when she was like 16 or 17, didn't even finish high school, and now was back at home living with her parents because her husband, Ryan, had just abandoned them and walked off for, you know, a couple of years. When they got to season two, they wanted to age the kid up, and they didn't find that the original actress, even though I think the original actress was much funnier, um, she didn't, she obviously did not look old enough to have a child that was now five or six years old, whereas originally he was like two. So they recast the role, and Kristen became more of like the straight daughter. She was, you know, not so much funny, but more, uh, I guess, kind of the middle ground between Ryan. And Ryan comes back in, and the reason there's so much animosity, I guess, between Mike and Ryan is because 
they had that written in the first season where the father had just abandoned them. And that sort of becomes Ryan's main uh, you know, story arc throughout the entire series is that no matter what he does to try to support his family, uh, you know, he is always sort of remembered as the guy that abandoned their daughter. Um, did you pick up any of that seeing this episode? Uh, not at all. <laughs> There's so. one line in there, which we'll, we'll get to where uh, it becomes a little bit clearer. But um, yeah, so the, a couple of characters don't appear in this episode. The uh, the boss, like I said, and Kyle, who is sort of like a young guy that works. He's extremely dumb. Uh, young guy that works at the outdoor man store that, you know, Tim Allen uh, kind of manages. And uh, he ends up marrying the middle daughter, Mandy. Uh, and, but this episode starts out with the youngest daughter, Eve, who was the best one on the show, who sadly, uh, when Last Man Standing got canceled by ABC and it spent a year off and then came back on Fox, uh, they not only lost the actress that played Mandy, who's now been recast as well, but Eve, the youngest daughter, who's in the military fatigues at the beginning of this episode, started to get a, a big movie career going. She she made a couple of you know supporting roles in some really respectable movies and wasn't willing to commit to, you know, a full season Last Man Standing, so she kind of appears a couple times a season now. But uh, Eve is, like, the daughter that Mike wanted. She is the tomboy. She's the one who's into military stuff. She, uh, I think, actually leaves to go to, um, you know, a military academy uh, by the end of the show and basically wants to join the army. Uh, and you can see with her character here, you know, they're playing some type of war games thing, and uh, it's all with, like, these these clips where they just clip each other instead of shooting each other, obviously. And it's just a game that goes on for the entire episode. Uh, there's a funny part where Tim Allen's basically hiding in the bushes disguised as a bush. And uh, they, they make a line about, oh, look, it's a bush starting an unnecessary war. So, again, this is a show that's very fair. They'll take shots on both sides. Uh, and um, uh, through their little war game thing, that's just the introduction. Uh, obviously, he always has the upper hand. And then... Uh, Ryan sort of comes in and Kristen comes in and um, they they make a joke about, you know, uh, or the, the boy makes it, Boyd makes the joke, you know, dad's on strike and we're poor, which is great. He is one of the better kids, this Boyd. Uh, there's been three Boyds now on the show. And um, uh, this kind of just introduces the idea of the episode. You know, Ryan, who had taken a job just as a beer truck delivery man, is now on strike because I guess delivery drivers are in unions. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but uh, he's on strike, so not making any money. And um, he's kind of just mooching off of them here. Kristen's, you know, basically the only one pulling in money now. Uh, so they all go out to the restaurant where Kristen is now managing, which was introduced. And what's great is Jonathan Taylor Thomas, despite being introduced in season two, you see the reaction he gets here when he pops up at the restaurant. It's like this delayed response, like nobody knew he was going to pop up. And it starts with like people like, whoa, whoa, hey, hey, hey. And then everybody starts screaming and going crazy. I just love the reaction to him. Uh, And he's doing something that they do a lot on Last Man Standing, where every time they brought in an actor from Home Improvement, they play like the polar opposite of what their character was. So, you know, Jill, his wife from the original show, she comes on basically playing the Tim character, where she's this tool girl who is loud and obnoxious, the loud and obnoxious neighbor, you know, uh, Al comes on, uh, playing this, this drunken, you know, jerk <laughs> again, the opposite of like the, the perfect nice guy. And Jonathan Jan Thomas, who uh, near the end of home improvement kind of became almost like a Ryan character. You know, he was very much against big corporations. And there was an episode where he was like standing up to like Binford tools and, uh, you know, taking all these political stances against, you know, Tim's, uh, boss basically, 
And here he's the opposite. He's the capitalist pig who has no trouble stealing somebody's wife, uh, which is so much fun that he gets to play a character like this. And um, when Ryan comes to drop Boyd off at the restaurant, uh, there's this is the one line where if you know the history of Ryan kind of abandoning his you know kid uh, when they had him when they were teenagers, where he says, you know, would you be able to watch? He says to Kristen first, would you be able to watch me? He says, I'm kind of working here, Ryan. And it's like, okay. And then he asks Mike and Vanessa, can you watch him? He goes, okay, what do you want? An hour, five years? Because, again, he'd been gone for five years in the show. And uh, they make a line about he he's saving the world from affordable beer. <laughs> um, and this is where they have that line you mentioned with Jonathan Taylor Thomas where, uh, you know, Tim's saying how much he likes him. He goes, he keeps calling him son. And he's like, oh, son, it just seems to fit for some reason. Uh, and then, then maybe the best, like these shots that uh, Mike, I keep wanting to call him Tim, but the shots that Mike always takes at Ryan, you know, they're mean spirited, but they're funny, where they're going on and on about how successful JTT's character is, and he's just like, Ryan here makes his own yogurt. <laughs> um, I just love that one. And um, I don't know how much more we want to cover here. Uh, let's just start with that. The introduction here with a little War Games, Ryan's Strike, and then JTT's. Big comeback here, uh, and you know how how do you feel like JTT as a character? Do you see the differences with home improvement? Uh, is, is it too small of a role for you to pick up on anything? But most importantly, how great is it to see Jonathan Taylor Thomas do anything now, like a decade after disappearing? I mean, you know, I'm always down for JTT. I was the one who inspired this whole month of watchings, so no complaints. Um, just on the show in general, one thing that really struck me is obviously the new, I guess maybe it's more aware, maybe Home Improvement was like this and I just didn't realize or I was out of touch with the references, but a lot more political and commentary-based than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Home Improvement did it, but I just wouldn't have understood the references or I missed them or they just get lost because I wasn't you know, really around during that time of you know, living like I was, I wasn't born yet during the time of home improvement and stuff like that. So maybe like that was just missed on me, but like I, like in the beginning scene, I, I mean, I thought it was pretty cheesy, some of the comedy, but I loved, you know, when the mother comes out and says another Bush starting a, another unnecessary <laughs> war and stuff like that. And I just appreciated that there was like that level of humor to it. And it's just like smart stuff. Like I thought that was funny. And I thought that uh, like it was a good contrast to the stupid like standard cliche like sitcom comedy that they they had of the clipping on each other for the, the thing like very like stock standard stuff but it, I, like there was that level of adult that I really appreciated in it um and obviously the whole episode is really a, just this kind of commentary on whether or not like what system is the right system and how you live your life and do you strike for your rights and all these kinds of things like I just thought that was like interesting and I I didn't expect going into it to be so intense I feel like maybe this I was expecting it to be a little more lighter and fluffier but I feel like it got into some heavy stuff pretty quickly like it I just didn't expect that um in terms of JTT I think yeah I was a little disappointed that I to such a small role he was in the first like 10 minutes of the show and then he was gone like you didn't hear from him ever again I was kind of expecting like after him trying to like kiss uh, Kristen Mm -hmm. is her name yeah I just expected that he would come back 
and like see her again or like talk to her again about something like I just expected more from it like I, I was a little disappointed on the amount of screen time that he got but I thought what he did was really great like I, I really like him as these villains like last time we talked about him being in Smallville and he was great in that and I think that he really excels in the the evil like I think that he does it so well um, and I think it works extra here because he's a little bit older so you kind of can believe it a little bit more mm-hmm. like you know he was younger when he did Smallville so you could like buy that he was this high school jerk and then now you buy that he's this older like aristocratic jerk <laughs> Uh, so I just I liked it I wish there was more of him obviously but I mean I guess cameo is not a huge spotlight um, yeah like and the show um, no go ahead, go ahead. Um, the show on the whole was fine at this beginning I like I liked a little bit of the adult humor that it threw in there and stuff like that and I like I obviously immediately caught the reference to home improvement and stuff <laughs> like that so I mean, on the whole, I was surprised that I was liking this episode as much as I did. Yeah, I, I haven't seen this episode. May I, I wouldn't say since it originally aired. I think I you know rewatched it um, maybe a year or so after that. But it's still been a couple of years since I've seen it, and I thought that he came back again after this. Which you know, I, I knew roughly how many episodes he did. That he had done three or four episodes. I remembered his fourth episode more because there were a lot. It was the same episode that they brought Jill, you know, the the wife from Home Improvement. On so they had a lot of home improvement jokes in that one with him too, but uh, I guess this storyline of him it eventually comes back in uh, a Valentine's Day episode, and I kind of combined those two episodes here because I remember this being a bigger thing, this whole love triangle thing, and maybe it is. Uh, you know, I'd have to rewatch the next episode uh, to to actually fully get that, but it, it did feel weird to have. This obviously, as you said, not be a cameo. He is like a major player in the first half of this episode. He's got this one massive scene at the restaurant, which really is the longest scene in the whole episode. And then he's got another massive scene with Kristen after that. And then they sort of talk about him over and over again, and he never reappears again. And it, it it doesn't feel like his storyline gets resolved, but it also doesn't feel like they've left it completely open. So it would be interesting, to, you know. I, I'd like to go and just watch the next episode just to kind of see or remember how this all wrapped up. Uh, but it, again, strange that like the first half of this, there's so much of him in here. Um, th- there was uh, yeah, uh, I thought they were gonna build him up to be like the villain of the episode, mm-hmm. or like he be like this constant like ethical uh, figure for Kristen. Like, does she like you know fall can stay with the man that like she technically loves even though he left and all this kind of stuff and stay with her family or like go for something stable Mm -hmm. like someone who has this job someone who has this work and all i just expected him to be like the main like antagonist of the episode and he really wasn't it was just really a struggle between Kristen and Mm -hmm. ryan like it was really just that and he was a little like red herring of a villain when he tried to kiss her but that was about it you know, I actually think that maybe it would have posed a problem for them having Jonathan Taylor Thomas on this show because Ryan, despite, I think, r- the presence of Ryan's character and the way they write him being so important to why this show works and why it's become so popular over the last couple of years and so respected over the last couple of years, you know, audiences legitimately hate him. Like, he is, he is like, if you ever read people's comments, it's like, oh, I can't stand Ryan. But that's kind of the point of the character. 
Um, and I think he really is the opposite of what Tim Allen's character is on this. The difference is Tim Allen being the star, he gets all the laughs. And they go out of their way to not really make Ryan funny too, uh, which is, I think, why audiences are rubbed the wrong way by him. Uh, but also, I actually find his character to be like so interesting. I think this is one of the best episodes to show why he's so good because there are so many things about him where it's like, you know, he really is a good guy, but then you see other things where you're like, yeah, but you know what? He's clearly still immature here. I mean, that That's why I think really worked in the second half of this episode, not having that storyline with the love triangle kind of being the focal point was they really got down to something smart with Ryan's character. And, you know, uh, some of the, the issues you, you brought up, like, you know, you, you have a right to strike, but you also have, you know, an obligation to support your family. Um, I guess the last part of the love triangle part here, uh, first, there's, there's a lot of mentions of JTT as they get back home. And of course, this war game is still going on between even Mike. And it's just so great. His his reaction when he opens the closet and she's right there ready to clip him. And he just hands her the coat and says, hang this up for me, will you? And just closes the closet door, which leads to her basically saying, you know, this door doesn't open from the inside. And, you know, she's stuck in there for the whole night. Uh, which that that comes up later on when um, um, Vanessa's talking to Mandy, the middle daughter, in the kitchen. She's like, "Yeah, Eve called me, and uh, she, you know, said she was in the closet, and I told her I love her and I accept her no matter what." Then I realized she literally meant she was locked in the closet. Um, so all this stuff going on with uh, JTT is even leading everybody else to talk about why he's the better choice here, and uh, Vanessa's going on about about being lost in his eyes and. She's she's like totally in love with this guy who's, you know, obviously going after her daughter. And even Mike says, get in line, girl. <laughs> Everybody here just loves John Baker. Um, when we get back to the restaurant, you know, Kristen's tabulating what their the take of the restaurant was. He's offering these two bottles of unfinished wine. And he says, which one do you want? Rejected proposal or look nothing like his profile pic? And I really like the nothing like the profile pic line there. And um, you realize that even though she's managing this fancy restaurant, because this is the only income they have, you know, she's like, yeah, you know, my husband's on strike. And I don't even know if they were married at this point, but, uh, you know, he'll become her husband. He's on strike and my son's got a, a field trip. And of course, this is where you get like that subtle sleaziness with JTT where he's like, oh, okay, $65, here you go. And here, something for him to buy himself at the saloon or whatever at this uh, Western world or wherever they're going to be going on this field trip. So he's just trying to buy off her kid now, which is great. And um, he says that, you know, you're a huge part of the success of this restaurant. And she gives the line, I could kiss you for saying that, uh, which of course he's going to jump all over that. And uh, that kind of leads to dilemma here as he tries to kiss her. And she's like, no, 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 we can't do this. And th this is your typical storyline that I think the episode would follow oh, this, her boss is trying to hit on her, so it's either going to become, you know, oh, I don't want to lose my job because of this, uh, or, oh, this guy's actually better than my husband because she goes home and or goes to, you know, pick up her son, and Ryan's there too, and he's saying, like, you know, we had our um, our meeting or whatever, and, you know, they, they agreed to our wage demands, but they didn't agree on the overtime thing. Everybody was ready to sign, and I convinced them we need to hold out. And... <laughs> This, of course, is one of those moments where they really play the middle ground where they're like, yeah, it's great to, you know, have a union and to fight for your rights as a worker. But then she's like, did you consider that, like, we barely have money to survive now and I'm the only one actually 
supporting our family. And you actually do get her side of it, even though you, you don't fault him. If, if this were your typical sitcom, you'd be like, yeah, that's fine. You know, fight for your rights, man. And then they get into, well, what about our son? Like, uh, why am I having to pull all the work in here? Like, ooh, maybe there is a middle ground here that, you know, doesn't ever get talked about. And she brings up this great point, and she basically kind of storms out and says, don't bother coming home. So then he's stuck there. Um, and uh, they wake up in the morning after we get we get the vlog here, the, the Tool Time vlog, where, uh, again, he's, you know, making his extreme comments. He's talking about, you know, Obama supporters looking for health care, jumping off of a cliff. And uh, uh, then everybody's sort of debating as Ryan's slept on the couch, and Mike's sort of sneaking by because he doesn't even want to talk to him. And Vanessa's saying, oh, yeah, I just felt bad for him. Uh, Mandy tries to sneak by, but Ryan sees her. And she's like, oh, great, now I'm stuck here talking to this guy. Eve tries sneaking by, and she basically says, hey, you want to help me cheer up Ryan? And it's like, no. <laughs> and then this becomes a thing as they're making him breakfast. And he's saying, you know, this is probably, the, I think, the funniest lines of the episode, where he says, you know, stop feeding them, and they go away. Like that mangy one-eyed cat that we stopped feeding. And she's like, that cat got put down by animal control. He says, well, we're not going to get that lucky with Ryan. (laughs) Like, again, it's just so mean-spirited, but, like, funny at the same time. And then they get into this debate about, you know, what is the best future for our daughter? We have Exhibit A, the guy who's sleeping on our couch, who doesn't have a job, and Exhibit B, her boss that is a wonderful guy and tons of money, and everybody's in love with him. Uh, and when Ryan comes in, he's talking about, you know, how depressed he is. He's like, I can't sleep and I can barely eat. And then Mike gives a line. It's like, well, you barely ate that whole lasagna we gave you last night. Uh, and then here's where he gives him the pep talk where he's saying, you know, uh, yes, I I agree with you fighting for your rights as a worker, but you also have that obligation to bring home the bacon. He says, or the tofu, whatever you vegetarians eat, um, uh, I guess let's uh, let's just wrap the whole thing up here just to kind of get the, the feelings on the story. Mandy goes to talk to Kristen at her place, and she's like, yeah, just uh, casually wondering if you're sleeping with your boss. Uh, and I don't know if you, you – you don't really get Mandy's character in this episode, but I think she also was like one of the funniest characters on the show, and they've kind of kept the character the same since they've recast the actress. <clears throat> but um, what you really don't get in this episode is how superficial she is. She's like – again like a polar opposite of a ryan character in another way where she's all about taking selfies and how many followers she has she's extremely dumb she's not motivated she wants she's lazy uh but she's like your typical snotty girl and you really don't get any of that in this episode this is one of the episodes that presents her i guess as being smarter uh but it'd be fun to go into some of the other episodes that are mandy focused because um she's definitely i guess one of the more popular characters on the show or at least was before they recast her um, and she's basically trying to convince Kristen, you know, hey, you got to come with me. And this is the only moment where you really get the superficial part of her character, uh, where she says, you came all the way home to change your shoes and that's what you picked. And she sends her back to change her shoes again because it's not acceptable to go in public. Uh, she basically takes her to the outdoor man store, which is where Mike works, to show her that, you know, hey, Ryan, he, he got a job. He's working as a janitor for minimum wage. And he's working for dad. Uh, Dad is his boss. If that doesn't say he loves you, then I don't know what does. Because obviously he has that uh, rivalry with Mike. Um, And that kind of ends the episode where you realize, okay, well, she's going to stay with him because he's a nice guy and he's working for them now until the strike is over. Uh, So we get the final scene when Mike and Vanessa are in bed. And 
he's saying, you know, well, I solved the issue here. Uh, don't I get a reward? And here you get like their their you know kind of flirty, very sexual flirtiness here. A lot of the innuendos. And she says, sure, but this guy, this time, please, nice guys shouldn't finish first. Uh, and you realize Eve's been hiding there the whole time. She's like, oh, God, I can't take it anymore. She runs out of the room. Uh, and Mike just says, I knew that would flush her out. And so Vanessa's still thinking she's going to get lucky here. And he's like, good night, babe, and <laughs> shuts the light. Um, overall, I think this is a, a really smart episode. I wouldn't say it's like the funniest episode the show ever had. But I think it, it is a perfect example of what why Last Man Standing works on those political levels, why it works like on those areas like social commentary, and even just the differences between you know Mike and Ryan's character in that middle ground. So, despite the fact that I was watching this again, expecting JTT to pop up again, kind of assuming that second episode that he was in the season was grouped in with this, and being disappointed with that, like I love the direction this episode took in the second half. Okay, one thing that I wanted to say earlier, but yeah, I just let you finish. Um, you say that people don't like Ryan. Yeah, um, he was my favorite. <laughs> I think. Well, like I said, I think they don't like him because a he. It's the same thing with like Tim Allen's character. He is extreme on one side. He's obnoxiously extreme on one side, but because he's not the main star of the show, they don't play him for laughs. So he comes across as annoying as opposed to funny. And I just loved him. I thought he was so fun this episode. Like, obviously, like, ethical discussions about work and all, yada, yada, yada. But I just thought he was so fun. I thought that there was, like, he felt the least, like, a sitcom character to me. Mm -hmm. Which is, like, let's all do something, and then the audience will then laugh. Like, Tim Allen in the suit. Like, ha-ha, funny gag. And then the kid was in the suit earlier, like have you seen the kid? Like, it was just like stuff like that. And I felt like (laughs) mostly everyone plays into that, like sitcom thing where they do something silly and wacky. And it's like the, like me, like kind of stuff. Like when the girl was trapped in the closet, like, Oh my God, LOL. I love (laughs) you. But like, no, actually I'm in the closet. Oh, I get it now. Like stuff like that. This is very cheesy sitcom. And I felt like Ryan wasn't that character. Maybe because people were laughing at him instead of with him kind of thing. But I just, I felt like he was, he felt like an actor playing a character, not like a sitcom star kind of thing. I don't know. It just felt different when he was talking versus others or doing things. But I really liked him. Um, And then obviously some of the stuff that goes on. I love the moment when the sister comes over to see Kristen and like they have the stare down and she's like all right fine i am like i almost kissed him and yada 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 like i don't even know how she knew that but somehow she knew it and then i love the line when she's like you're gonna you changed into that (laughs) and when i saw that i was like she's not wrong like if you go home like if you go home specifically to change your shoes and then you like she just wore slippers so she was wearing like a business suit and slippers. It was just really bad. <laughs> I, I was with uh, Mandy on that. Were you like terribly distracted while that scene's playing? It's like she's not going to go out of the house wearing those, is she? Well, I didn't see. I don't think they showed it to you until the very end when they like have that moment when they're at the door. But I, I like I was like okay, like I saw I saw the the line go down. I was looked. I was like yeah, I kind of agree. Like why would you go out like that? <laughs> 
um, I don't know. I just, I thought that there was just some fun stuff in there. Um, the one time, like I felt like the adult political humor kind of really just didn't sit well with me was that whole video that he did. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was just kind of like bought, uh, was it, uh, the low hanging fruit of like jokes that you could make like all these people jumping off of Medicare or whatever mm. it was like, that was just kind of like, there was no like layered to it. It wasn't like witty. It was just like, it just was felt stupid. I did like the one joke at the end when he was talking about Jimmy Hoffa. I thought that was like a funny line. Like I, the, the like, the reference of that was funny. I think that there's stuff like that. And the, obviously the Bush scene that the, that I was talking about at the beginning of the episodes, I think that's good. I think some of the cheap stuff that they did really didn't land with me. I felt like if you're going to go for like political humor, like make it layered and complex, don't make it like kind of cheap. Cause then you could just see that anywhere. Like I feel like a lot of people go for the cheap. So like that wasn't really something that sat well. Um, but yeah, all the debates toward the end of the episode with Ryan um, not taking the deal and all this kind of stuff like was more interesting. Like I, like you said, like despite the fact that on JTT month we didn't get as much JTT as we both hoped, I think that there was good stuff to be had, and I think that um, there was some fun stuff to be had with Ryan, you know, sleeping in the house and no one wanting to come talk to him. Like they all try to sneak past, and then the youngest girl going off to school and she's like, do you want to come talk to him? And she's like, no. And then leaves. <laughs> um, also, there's a lot of pancakes going on. We'll, we'll talk about that along with our next, <laughs> next episode week. <laughs> next week. But um, a lot of pancakes to be made at breakfast time here. Um, maybe it's a sign, but anyway, I just thought that on the whole, I enjoyed this way more than I thought I would. Um, and I was a little surprised at the ending with um, Ryan taking the job mm-hmm. at the store. I think that that really kind of took me by surprise. And obviously knowing more now that you told me that they're polar opposites and they have this like long history, especially with Ryan leaving and all this kind of stuff. So obviously it carries a lot more weight when you know the show. Uh, but it's still like it struck me as like really strange and obviously like it would hit longtime viewers even more so. Um, and I think that's what makes like you said, this is show successful. I think that when you toe that line between like different views, I think that it really like makes for an impactful show. Like he took this job of all jobs to have Mm -hmm. like working for the guy who is nothing like him. He stands for nothing that he stands for all this kind of stuff. Like it, it's an interesting kind of thing to talk about. Um, And yeah, and the whole, I really thought I would not like this episode, but it was really good. Uh, I'll agree with you on the vlog, but I think if you see more Last Man Standing, you understand more the reason this one didn't hit is because it didn't really belong in the episode. It's like you just had to hit your quota of, oh, we, we need the, the tool time segment. So sometimes you just have a tool time segment of home improvement. So we need our vlog segment here. And the um, the idea behind the vlog originally in the first episode of the original first episode of the show was that he was kind of going to be like this you know, this angry voice of reason um, for whatever bothered him in an episode, he'd go on ranting and people, some people would be like, oh, all the stuff he's saying is so wrong, but I can't stop watching because it's so entertaining. And other people would be like, he's finally standing up for what I believe in. But 
it evolved more into the way that tool time was used in home improvement where tim would say let's stop this project for a second i want to talk to the camera and he'd talk about something that was going on in the episode like what we're going to get into next week you know he would find a way to fit in uh you know what it's like waiting on test results or am i going to die and stuff like that uh and most of the vlogs are actually great on the show because they do fit in what's in the episode there's really nothing here in this other than it's just a segment to throw a couple of cheap cheap jokes out there. Nothing like there would have been a great opportunity to talk about something like, you know, oh, do you need to support your family? And he'll always deliver it in a way where it's not like he's giving this heartfelt speech. He's taking cheap shots and doing it, but it still has something to do with the episode. So I, I kind of agree that 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 could have just been cut from this episode. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, one more thing I just wanted to add on what makes Ryan great. Because, again, I... I really disliked Ryan when he was brought into the show because he was that character. He almost felt like he was the character that you weren't supposed to like. Like, oh, this is the deadbeat dad who abandoned his kids and now he's coming back and he doesn't want to get a job because he doesn't believe in corporations, but he actually just comes across as lazy. But then you realize there's so much more depth to him, even though I I still will say I, I never laugh at Ryan. You know, uh, he's not a funny character on the show. I think he's the most important character on, on the show. Uh, so I'm like, I'm 100% on board with Ryan for more reasons than one. The background with Ryan's character is that he is Canadian. Not only is he Canadian, but they have mentioned in multiple episodes that him and his family are originally from Winnipeg. He grew up in Winnipeg, my hometown, and then made his way down to Colorado and, uh, came back to Winnipeg when he abandoned his children. Uh, then eventually went back to Colorado to support his kid. So hometown hero, Ryan here. Um, what are we going to do with this episode? Uh, do you want to buy it? you want to rent it? you want to bin it? I want to hear what you're going to say, and then I'll make my decision. <laughs> Here's the interesting thing. Like, I actually, I, I really appreciated everything with this episode. I would have said this episode was a rent just because, uh, on a whole, I don't feel like, I feel like it perfectly represents why Last Man Standing is a smart show and a fair show and an important show on TV and something really different with all the reasons why people love the show now and even those who would be completely opposed to you know Mike's political views are like I love that this guy talks about this stuff on the show you know because it it it, it allows for a show to explore both sides it's so smart this episode but it wasn't like the representation of all the characters like there's two major characters that don't even appear here uh, Mandy, you don't even really get a Mandy. It feels like they're not writing it. So I almost feel like I want to rent it just because as far as like a show that really made me laugh, it wasn't that. But like the more I had to write down my thoughts on this episode, I realized like, it's a really smart episode. And and it, it does so many good things to, you know, um, forward the characters throughout this season. And the JTT stuff we got, I mean, it's so fun to see him in that role. Um, I, I think I will buy this. I would give it a, a kind of midway between rent and buy, but I would buy it just because I think the quality of the episode is really strong. Okay. I was debating a rent, but I was wondering what you would, how far you would go because I'm not quite sure. Obviously, I know you love Home Improvement, but I don't know where you stand on this. Obviously, um, I'm probably going to rent it just because there were some things that didn't quite land with me. And I don't know if I could ever... Maybe this is like a challenge to me or to the Oz Network, but I don't know if I could buy ever buy an episode of a like contemporary sitcom. 
just because I think that there's so much like cheesy and so like easy gimmicks that they like rely on and like fake laughs and like all that kind of stuff that just doesn't sit right. Like it, it doesn't feel like as genuine or as, as enjoyable because I feel like, Oh, everyone's laughing here. Oh, I should have laughed like stuff like that. That just doesn't sit right with me. But this episode I thought was really good on what it did well. Like I think the conversations about Ryan, you know, JTT, all these different things that made it interesting, like I think could have been in like a regular show, like a drama almost. But because like this this reliance on the gimmicky and the sitcom, I I just can't buy it. So I'm just going to rent it. One other thing I would just want to add, and like this obviously being the first of a, or I guess the second of a couple of appearances he had as an actor on the show, going back to his original goal of just hanging out on the set, you know, so he could learn this stuff. Um, it eventually paid off because even though his character hasn't appeared since season four, Jonathan Taylor Thomas has actually started directing episodes of the show. So he's finally, after 10 years of, you know, going off to university and studying who knows what, coming back and saying, I want to learn on your show. And Tim Allen saying, hang out on the set and see what you can pick up. Now he's one of the directors of the show, which is great that, I mean, A, we're probably never going to get him as an actor again, or if we do, it'll only be guest appearances. But great that Jonathan Taylor Thomas, this like guy who disappeared from the public eye and finally came back. Like he's finally doing what he wants to do after 10 years away or whatever, which is awesome. Uh, next week, we are going back to obviously the role in the TV show that made Jonathan Taylor Thomas a star, Home Improvement. And uh, I don't know if you'd ever seen, you've seen this episode now, but had you ever seen uh, ep- season five, episode 22, The Longest Day Before? This was the one where Randy thinks he might have cancer. I thought I had. Um, I just, I maybe I'm, I feel like I'm confusing it with another episode because like I, when you said this was the episode we're watching, I like had this clear vision of what it was. And then I watched it and I was like, I don't know what <laughs> this episode was. So I don't remember, I can't honestly remember if I remember seeing it or not. Like it doesn't, like I know the episode, like I remember when you're like, oh, we're going to watch this one. I was like, I knew exactly, you didn't even tell me the episode and I knew this was the episode that you were going to talk about. Mm -hmm. I knew the story, I knew what generally had happened, but I did not remember it. So I'm not sure is is the short answer. Uh, Well, I mean, this is one of the episodes that always stood out to me and I think well, everything you said about Home Improvement kind of just being like your your cliched sitcom is fair. I think that it's the best cliched sitcom ever. It really did just play for laughs. It wasn't really about anything. It's not like Last Man Standing. I mean, Last Man Standing decided we're going to be about something and we're going to do something that's not being done on TV right now. Home Improvement was just another fun sitcom. They did something in a couple of episodes where they introduced something dramatic And in this case, it is one of our kids might have cancer. And the show got so much praise and credit for uh, handling it, more so than other shows. I mean, every sitcom will try an episode like that. But I I remember, uh, not so much at the time, but after Home Improvement off the air, hearing a lot of people talking about Home Improvement and using this episode specifically in his example of maybe the greatest um, of this era of like 80s, 90s sitcoms when sitcoms stopped being political like they were in like the, the 70s and just became family entertainment again. So many times this has been praised for being like the greatest example of how you can deal with something serious and dramatic and still make it funny in that perfect balance. Uh, so I'm, I'm so I knew this was the episode we would have to do because yeah, there, there are Jonathan Taylor Thomas episodes where he 
you know, obviously has more screen time and uh, plays for more laughs, but there's really nothing I think he's ever done in his career as an actor that, that had dramatic moments like this one. Uh, so that'll be next week. Home Improvement, Season 5, Episode 22, The Longest Day. Uh, and that'll bring us to the end of Jonathan Taylor Thomas Month until, we, again, we're having so much fun praising JTT that we are going to bring back at least one episode for Christmas where we're going to cover his Christmas movie, I'll Be Home for Christmas, and I'm sure we can find other ways to fit him in at some point. He, he's going to get up there in, like, the Tim Allen and Arnold Schwarzenegger rankings of, like, our most covered person. Because I think we're, like, we're, we're probably getting close to 10 or 12 Arnold Schwarzenegger things we've covered. We're maybe at, like, 8 or 9 Home Improvement or Tim Allen things we've covered. And JTT, we're, we're going to make him our number three guy by the end of this. Are and you up for that? on The Lion King. Yeah, we did the... There you go, Lion King. So we've had two episodes of Home Improvement we covered... An episode of Last Man Standing. We're going to do an episode of Home Improvement. An episode of Smallville. Wild America and The Lion King. We're at seven for JTT. <laughs> let's keep this Let's keep this tally going here. <laughs> keep, keep the train going. So we'll be back next week for the final random rewatch of JTT month. Make sure to lice, like, lice us on Facebook. <laughs> uh, keep that to yourself. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Insta, subscribe on Instagram. Just find us anywhere you can. And listen to all the other crap we put out there. <laughs> Ben's working hard on this third watch reunion. It's getting a lot of attention. So uh, I guess that's the main thing to promote, that uh, the third watch reunion, 20th anniversary reunion episode, which is really just getting more attention than anything we've done on here outside of Survivor. That's coming up soon. Um, maybe watch Third Watch before listening to it. Otherwise, it's not going to make much sense. Uh, but JTT or will come to download an download to give us downloads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just download the episodes. We don't care if you listen to it or not. Uh, we want our sponsors. Um, we'll be back for the end of JTT month, sad as it is. My name is Colin, and nice guys don't finish first. Um, my name is Rocky. You came home to change your That's what you're wearing. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.